Welcome to Mox on the Mic, your exclusive look into all things Chattanooga athletics. Here's your host, Chris Goforth. Mox on the Mic continuing to take a look at the uh, spring semester sports uh, around Chattanooga athletics. I'm Chris Goforth. Glad to be hanging out with you this week. Make sure you rate, subscribe, and review this podcast. we got a lot of stuff to get to. We'll talk a lot of tennis today. We're going to talk some golf. It's always fun when we get the chance to sit down and chat a little bit with men's golf coach, Mark June. He leads us off today on Mox on the Mic. Your season runs from the fall and, and into the spring. How much of it were you guys able to get completed? We had two more tournaments in conference. So we got a lot of the season done. We were, uh, so I, I guess that's probably 80% of it or 70% of it, 75. So. Uh, I didn't wait. Can you kind of catch us up on how things went? We, I felt like we were really starting to trend and going in the right direction. Our last tournament was pretty good. The first of the spring semester, we had had some injuries and some sickness. So uh, it had, you know, we'd been a little bit up and down, but, the last tournament we played down at Auburn, I felt like was was good, and uh, I think we were starting to gain a little bit of momentum from that. Where were you when you found out that the season had been canceled? We had gotten back from Auburn. The guys had gone to spring break, so we were on spring break, and uh, I'd given Ryan a couple of days off at the end of that week, and. Uh, I had gone into the office and once or twice, but uh, I was probably at home. And, uh, you know, when when I got that call that, that the season was going to be canceled for the rest of the year, well, I, at first I thought we were going to be, you know, canceled for a few weeks, and then it seemed like within hours we were canceled for the rest of the year. So, uh, and, you know, it, at that time, it, you know, I think there was a little bit of disbelief. I know there was a lot of uncertainty. Uh, it, I was making a lot of phone calls really quick to parents, uh, trying to make sure that my internationals got home, that my California kid could get back across the country, uh, just concerned about them and where they might get stuck. And uh, that, that's what took place for the next couple of days. Yeah, we talked with Will uh, Will Porter a couple of weeks ago about his kind of his uh, his travels to try to get back home, and he shared his story of of uh, two sets of golf clubs that he wasn't sure if he was going to get them back that had finally arrived. Any other issues for your guys just logistically being able to get from whether it's Chattanooga or from spring break and and trying to get home? Well, they got back here, and of course flying back to Finland and flying back to Germany, flying back to Scotland, all of them had to go through quarantine. And uh, that, and then even Connor going back to California, Connor couldn't leave the house when he got home for a while. Uh, you know, they pretty much had a total lockdown. So talking to the guys on Zoom and texting with them and stuff, it was, uh, I think it was kind of tough on them. You know, once they got home, they, you know, they were stuck in place, you know, and, some of them still are for the most part. Uh, I know talking to 
to Mo. Mo was uh, wanting to know if he could take summer school and come back and move into the dorm. <laughs> he wants to get out of Germany so we can get outside. Um, he told me he hadn't hit a golf ball since he's been home because he hadn't been able to go outside. So uh, I, I think there's part of him that wishes he'd stayed here. And, uh, you know, so, but that, that's an awfully tough call to make with what was going on in the world, wanting to go home and be with your family. I, I totally get it. And, uh, and we did have one young man stay here. And I think part of him is glad he did because he is getting to practice and, and do some things, but I know he misses his family really bad. We've talked about it. He would, he'd like to be able to go home and see them and come back. We're just, He's not sure what the what the situation is on on getting back, and he doesn't want to miss the season if he can't if he can't fly back. So uh, there's a little bit of uncertainty there. Will Porter is your only senior. Uh, what's what are his plans going forward? What are his plans for next year? Well, we're really happy that that Will's coming back. We're really excited because. You know, Will came in here and, and he has improved tremendously every year. He is one extremely hardworking young man and and he's a great teammate and he's just a he's he's a really good person just to be around. So having Will here for another year is is you know, that's exciting for us. You know, before this happened, Will and I were talking about, man, I kinda wished I'd red shirted so I had another year and this kind of thing. So uh in a way this is this is good for Will. He's, he's going to get another year to play. And I know he already had plans for turning pro. So those are going to get put on hold for one year. And uh, then at the end of the next spring, he'll turn pro and uh, go from there. But right now we're really excited. He's going to be back and be able to lead us again this coming year. Yeah. You're bringing a lot of guys back uh, next year. Does that make you optimistic for, uh, uh, for 2020 and 2021? It does. Uh, we're having some great Zoom conversations on goals and and what they're working on this summer. And, you know, the fact we're having everybody back and, uh, you know, adding Braden Ware from, from uh, Knoxville, who's a top 50 ranked player in the country. Uh, yeah, we're excited. We uh, we feel like everybody having an, another year is, uh, is, is going to be – going to be great for us you know uh, there's a lot of experience coming back um, you know counting will have four seniors I, I can't remember a team I've ever had that had four seniors so uh, I'm sure I probably did but I can't think of one off the top of my head so uh, just the experience we're going to have uh, it's exciting I think we can do some some really good things this year your roster you've kind of mentioned it already but you've got a roster made up of guys from Germany Finland, Scotland, California, Alabama, Brentwood, Tennessee, and Ultawa, Tennessee. Now, what is it like when you try to mix all those cultures together and, and get all those guys, whether it's in a van on the way to a tournament or at, at a restaurant having dinner somewhere after a, after a round of golf? You know, having all the guys together from so many different places and just the personalities on this team is a lot of fun. You know, we, we started doing something this year at dinners and, and sometimes at lunch where we kind of pick on one guy and I'm going to say we pick on him because we have him stand up and Ryan ask him three questions and they might be a little bit embarrassing, uh, you know, 
which guy on the team do you at least want to have date your sister or something like that? And, uh, <laughs> but you know, the guys get a kick out of it. They love asking these questions. And then we go around the table and everybody says something that they like about that person. And it's, it's really been interesting on, uh, the way this goes and, uh, how, you know, how close they've become. And, you know, even though they may have grown up worlds apart, they're, uh, they become best friends and it's uh it's really neat to watch them watch them interact with each other uh we got a lot of guys with with a lot of great personality it is so uh so it, it's fun and i i am missing them i would i'd like to have them back here for people that don't know your background you were an athlete at, at utc but not a golfer you were a wrestler and I, i've always thought this is one of the best stories about how kind of you've taken a lot of those wrestling principles and workouts and things like that and how you've incorporated that into what you do as, as the head golf coach. Can you, and I know you've told this story before, but I wanted to get you to tell it again because there may be some people that have never heard it. And, and I think kind of what you've been able to do with it, I think it's really neat. Well, it, you know, it, when you're, when you're wrestling, the 105 pound class in high school, you know, football and basketball and everything else was kind of out the window at that time. So, you know, I've always, always liked playing sports. My next door neighbor played golf. So, you know, as long as I remember back, we were building little golf courses in the neighborhood and playing golf. And then while I was wrestling in high school, I was, uh, I would play golf in the summer times because the one thing I hate doing is running. I just, I mean, I, I hated to run to lose weight. So I'd put sweats on and, and go to the golf course in the summertime with them. And I'd play golf all day in sweats while they're playing in shorts and golf shirts. And uh, that's how I'd lose weight and stay in shape for summer tournaments. And, uh, you know, I just, I always loved playing golf. And then when I did get hurt in college and, and wrestling was over, I started playing golf all the time. My roommate played golf and, uh, you know, so we were going to Moxon Bend and playing and I just, I got more and more addicted to it every day. And it just uh, got obsessed with it. Like a lot of people have done. And, but when it came to coaching, you know, at, at that time, we didn't have all the strength coaches we have now and, and all those things. So the only kind of workouts I really knew were from wrestling. So that's what we were doing. We we're doing wrestling workouts and, and kind of training that way because that was my background. So, uh, you know, we kind of incorporated the two, the golf and the wrestling together. And, uh, you know, I talked to a lot of the older guys and, you know, it's funny, we were talking with some of the young guys today about workouts and it's not that everybody likes to work out, but everybody likes to feel good when they leave a workout and know that they accomplished something that maybe not everybody can do. So, uh, I think, in a lot of ways that made us a little tougher than, than some of the other teams we played with. Uh, I would like to think it did. And, you know, I, hopefully it paid off. I know those guys had some success. So uh, that's kind of where it came from. Uh, you know, the, the wrestling and the golf together was, uh, you know, they're, they're both individual sports. Everything's on you. Uh, I think that's the, the two things that they both have in common that, that I really like. Uh, 
you know, I liked being responsible for myself when I was, when I was competing. And uh, even though it, it's fun being part of a team, uh, that individual aspect is, has always been appealing to me. Can you talk a little bit about your facilities uh, and, and it's kind of bring people up to date on where you were, where you are now and where you want to see things go in the future in, in terms of maybe some long-term type goals that, that you would like to see from a facility standpoint? Well, you know, when I, when I got here, this was what, 19 years ago. Uh, we only had a few golf courses in town that we were playing at. We didn't have anywhere to, to hit balls or, or to actually work on a short game and, and do things like that. So basically we played six days a week. That's, that's really all we had. And uh, we started going out to Lee Cantrell, a former player. He's got a driving range in, uh, in Hickson. It's got an old van in the middle of it. And that was, uh, that was our, wet, our range practice. We were trying to hit that van with golf balls. And, you know, he had a little par three thing that he, that he, uh, they were, all the holes were like 40 to 60 yards long. And they were just kind of just, he'd mow a circle and put a hole in the middle of it. And, that was our short game practice. So, uh, you know, now we have one of the best facilities I've ever seen, which uh, we have 33 acres with three holes and wedge ranges. And we have six greens to practice on, which, uh, which are just always fantastic. And so where we've come from to where we are now is, is pretty amazing. We have, uh, you know, we've got every golf course in this area is open to us and they all support us. And, you know, it, it's fantastic. I don't want to start mentioning mentioning courses or, or head pros because all of them have done so much for me and I'd hate to leave one out. But just know that every PGA professional here in this town is, is in our corner and, and every owner and, and so many members. It, it's really something special here in Chattanooga to have all the people behind us that, that are um it makes going to a golf course fun to have to have all the fan support that we do and uh so for the future wow um you know improving our facilities that's going to be very difficult our women's coach colette murray did a fantastic job building an indoor facility for us downstairs in the arena which is which is something special. Um, if you haven't seen it next time you're in the arena, you, you need to go down and take a look at it. She did a, a fantastic job with it. And, um, you know, man, for a, for a school, for any school to have what we have is amazing. And for a school like Chattanooga to have the facilities that we do for golf is just, it's out of this world. So, uh, you know, we're, we're a very fortunate uh, couple of programs to have the golf courses and facilities and things that we do have. How much are you able to stay in touch with your guys right now? I know you've, we've already talked about there, they're across the globe as, as far as that goes. And I know you've mentioned uh, texting and, and Zoom meetings, I'm sure, but uh, how often are you guys uh, staying in touch right now? We're trying to do something every week. Uh, we talked to three of them individually today, and we will hopefully get the other six over the next two days. And we're going over goals and practice plans and, you know, just, things that they're trying, not all of them can play golf. So the ones that can, the ones that can practice some things that they're doing this summer to be ready when we do get back and uh, just, you know, just trying to stay in touch with each other and trying to talk. And 
you know, just trying to improve the program every way we can. Do you know right now when your first tournament for the coming year in the fall, when it would be? It'll be September 11th and 12th. And that'll be very state. When, when do you feel like you would need your guys back and in enough time to be able to be ready to compete that day in September? You know, hopefully, and we've always started the first day of school. And if we start school on time, then we will be good to go. Um, you know, the, the great thing about golf is if they're not here playing, they're at home playing. So we don't have to have a lot of time to get ready. The only, the only thing that we will need is time to qualify to see who the starting five will be. Uh, there's some rules in place this year where, you know, we won't be taking a lot of extra guys. So we do need time to get, to get qualified and, and find out who those five going to the first tournament would be. So we would definitely need two weeks anyway. So we would, we would really need to start by the 1st of September. Coach, appreciate the time, man. Great to see Thank you. Thank you. I really appreciate you. Appreciate Coach June giving us some time. Let's turn our attention now to the sport of tennis. We'll visit first with Chuck Mersbacher. He is the head men's tennis coach at UTC, and he joins us on Mox on the Mic. Coach, you guys, uh, you guys play play both in the fall and in the spring. How much of your season were you able to get in before having to stop? Well, Chris, we had um, the whole fall. Obviously, we got in. It's our it's a it's our non traditional part of our year. Um, so we'll get four or five tournaments in the fall, and then the spring is spring semester, January to May, and that's your main part. Um, of your season. We, we were 12 and six in the spring and, and uh, we got 18 matches and we actually got, we stopped um, uh, mid trip of our spring break. Um, and uh, you know, so we, we got a lot of tennis and a lot of really good tennis. We just, uh, you know, we really didn't get much of the Southern conference matches and we got two out of uh, the seven that we play and, and so we were we were shut down um, with about um, I'd say about eight more matches left. Yeah, you guys had finished up play down in Jacksonville against North Florida. Season was was canceled. Were you guys still in Florida when you found out, or had you already come back to town by that point? We were we were in Florida, so we actually we were playing North Florida a night match, and while I was on the court, I was getting like text messages and phone calls and stuff, and I was like, "Man, what's going on?" You know, usually during the matches, I don't get much, and uh, I got some stuff, and we finished up the match, and uh, um, you know, obviously they were like, "Hey, it's not looking good. Probably need to come home," and so we. We were on our way anyways. Um, the next day we, we, we were going to come back. And so, um, yeah, we we're just down there and kind of crazy, just a crazy time, you know, unbelievable that uh, we were hearing things from other schools that were down there, but we didn't realize, you know, that we were going to shut down so fast. 
what was that conversation like with, with your guys? What was it like when you had to tell your team what was happening and, and what, what the future was going to hold at that point? Well, when we were driving back, we, what we had heard was just the Southern Conference um, shutting down to March 30th. You know, we were going to have UTC would extend um, spring break a week and then start online. And that's really all we knew at, um, up until I dropped the guys off um, um, from the trip. So that's really all we knew. And then obviously got more and more, you know, information more of the more schools across the country and conferences started to push things and and you know we were, we realized that uh, we you know we might not get in the NCA jumped in and said that they were going to cancel the spring uh, championships and then then I kind of feel like felt like we we're going to where the season was going to be done. Can you talk about that twelve and six start? Uh, to your spring campaign, can you kind of recap those tournaments and just a little bit about the progress you saw uh, from your guys? Yeah, we were we were really playing well. I mean, twelve and six, and we had an eight match win streak, which was the longest. Um, two thousand and you know five or six or something like that it was really good. And it was against a really good competition. And I put a good schedule out there for them. And uh, we were getting some great play in, uh, in the singles and, and in doubles. And we are just moving right along. I mean, really thought we had a chance to compete for the conference. I mean, we, um, had beat, uh, we beat UAB early in the season, which I thought was a good win on the road. And, uh, oh, Belmont at Belmont was a really good win on the road. So. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I really felt good about us. We we're playing well. We just got it was all, it was a shock to everybody's system, you know. Three seniors on your roster. What are their plans for next year? We've got two coming back. One graduated, Simone uh, Bustamante from Ecuador, graduated, and uh, um, he was first team all conference uh, in. Uh, last year in doubles and um, and uh, a great doubles player and played uh, five singles for us. He's not coming back. But our number one player, uh, Niklas Gertis from uh, Germany, is coming back to finish up. And uh, he was having a great, great, a great season with like 15 wins. And then uh, Turner Voges, who's a local guy um, from Chattanooga, um, his dad is – coaches at uh, Macaulay. I wanted to ask you about uh, Nicholas Gertis because he did have a really a tremendous year. Where did you find him? How did he end up at Chattanooga? Well, this was my third year at uh, Chattanooga. And uh, so Nicholas was already here. So the previous coach did a great job in picking him up. I mean, he, he was here, and um, and, and Nicholas is just – he's – having your number one player be your hardest worker just sets the tone for your team. I mean, he really he really works hard, um, and he adds a lot to his game. And he's a learner. He wants to learn more and more and add more and more. Very easy to work with, and it's just picked up a lot of real small things that have made big differences in his game, and, and uh, 
So he, he really does set the tone for us, um, being our best player and our hardest worker. What do you expect next year's squad to look like? Well, with, you know, I think everybody that will be back with the two seniors, um, we added uh, two new players, a local guy from Tunnel Hill, uh, Jordan McClure, and then we added um, Peyton Gotti from Greensboro, North Carolina, who won the Southern Championships in doubles and, uh, um, and, and is a good singles player in the, from the South. And I think we're – we're going to be really uh, having another chance to win the Southern conference. And, and uh, so, you know, we're, we'll be a little bigger team, you know, with, with uh, I thought we were going to lose all those seniors. So uh, we'll be a little bigger, but we'll be, I think our talent level will be, um, we'll be either the, the same or probably just a little better. Coach, how much are you able to stay in touch with, with your team? Uh, how are you guys communicating and how often? Um, you know, they were in finals last week, so I just left them alone for uh, the last couple weeks, and, and uh, I just checked in. I mean, they're just great students. They're working hard, finishing all that stuff up online, and um, but the kids do great, you know. So I've left them alone. Uh, talked to them actually more right when everyone was moving back home and, and everything, and so uh, we got some guys that are still here. Um, that uh, we are number two player, Tomas Rodriguez from Argentina. He kind of got stuck here and probably will be here for the summer. And uh, so but the rest of the guys went home. And uh, so I'm just checking in on them. And I think everyone's just working out on their own and just, you know, trying to try to stay in shape. So, uh, but really I'll be checking in now that school's all done. I'm, I'm, I'll be uh, checking in, see how they're doing. Yeah, you've got a, a roster that's made up of kids from all across the globe. Uh, I think we've heard some some funny stories. We've heard some horror stories of guys that are, and, and for that matter, female athletes as well, that are trying to, or have been, trying to find their way back home uh, after this, uh, this occurred. Were, were your guys, uh, those that wanted to go home, were they all able to get back home safely? Yeah, we just Tomas right now is our only guy that, um, and it might work out for him maybe not to go home. I think Argentina's starting to struggle with uh, with um, the pandemic, and I think so. He he, you know, I don't know, you know, getting guys back is going to be hard for a lot of schools, you know, that have international players. I think uh, they might have some trouble getting these guys back and. And I think, um, you know, I think for him it might just work out just to stay the summer. Um, but everyone, ever, you know, we have a bunch of guys locally too and Tennessee guys that obviously had no problem at all. But um, there's going to be some concern, I think, you know, through all the athletes, whatever sport they play um, across the country, the international ones. We have a guy that's in, that on our team from Japan that, you know, they're having their ups and downs over there too, you know, and he's – I hope we can get him back, but you just don't know what, what's going to go on with with, uh, with things, you know. There's different spikes and stuff across the world that can shut things down. So I think it's going to be an interesting fall. 
Coach, appreciate the time. Chris, thanks for having me, and uh, hang in there. Be well and safe, okay? For our final conversation this week, Chad Camper, he's the women's tennis coach at Chattanooga. In addition to coaching tennis, he'll also tell you about his video game that he plays. We'll get to that competitively plays video games. We'll get to that coming up in just a minute. Here's Chad Camper. Coach, you came to uh, came to Chattanooga from Louisiana Tech. What was it about the uh, the scenic city that led you here? Yeah, you know, it's such a big tennis city. And I had heard rumors. I'd driven on 75, you know, through Chattanooga quite a bit and went on my interview and I was just floored. I didn't know facilities, the Baylor, the Macaulay's, the Champions Club, the Baker Patton, all these beautiful places. I didn't even know they existed. And it was I was a little embarrassed, to be honest with you. But came here and always uh, loved Tennessee. I'm from Ohio. My wife and I both from Ohio. And I always thought one day if I could coach in Tennessee. And uh, here I am in Chattanooga. I love it. How much of your season were you guys able to complete before things were canceled? Yeah, about two-thirds of the of the season, you know, we got through. Uh, we had a nice fall. We were actually having a, one of – it's my uh, – finished my 10th year uh, coaching uh, women's tennis and probably one of my best seasons. And, unfortunately, it, it came to an end. Uh, but we, we were having a great a great season. Where were you when you found out that the season had been canceled? You know, yeah, here at Chattanooga, things were a little slower. You know, we, we had heard the Sun Belt was closing and, and some other conferences. We really weren't sure about ours. So ours was real gradual. I think every day was a new adventure. Uh, I was pra- We were practicing, and uh, I think with everything that's going on, scale one to ten, you have people that are super, super scared, you know, and you got people that think it's no big deal at all, you know. And I tend to be a little more on the positive. I kept thinking, oh, we'll get through this, or, or you know, maybe a week or two, and so when it finally came to an end, yeah, the, the team took it tough. Now, how did you tell your team the news? Yeah, they, they had already the blank. Again, one of our conferences were, were one of the last ones. Uh, you know, we just pulled them in with a quick team meeting, and, and I explained some things. I didn't have any seniors, which was a really unique experience. So, I mean, everybody knew they were going to come back. Um, but I think just losing that momentum, losing that hope, I think was a little bit difficult, obviously a lot of questions and, um, but I've I've been talking to him every week, uh, you know, sometimes in a a group setting, sometimes individually, just trying to let them know, you know, what I'm hearing is going on and try to give them as much much information as I can. Bring us up to date on how the season went for you guys. You said it was one of the better seasons you've had, one of the best seasons you've had. Tell us a little bit about it. Yeah, we actually uh, started off really strong. We beat Austin P. Uh, one of our first matches of the year. They were undefeated last year with winning their conference, so beating them 4-3 in a, in a battle at their place was a great win. I had a lot of new players. Uh, Callie Billman, a freshman from South Carolina, uh, she actually uh, won the match for us. And then we actually, with a couple more wins, we got up to 66 in the country, and that's out of 327 Division One schools. So we were really proud of that. And uh, we played University of Tennessee, and we won the doubles point. My number one doubles team, uh, Emma Van He from Belgium and Caroline Gibbons from Little Rock, Arkansas, knocked off their number one doubles team, who was eighth in the country. So anytime you beat a doubles team eight in the country, you earn a national ranking. So those two young ladies um, were able to earn 76 in the country in doubles out of, you know, 700 doubles teams. So we had a lot of really good momentum. I don't even think we were close to playing our best tennis yet. 
Uh, we were one and zero or one and one in the conference, and we just beat Western Carolina, and everything kind of started falling apart. You uh, will you talk about what a great year you had? The fact that you had no seniors, you got a really good core coming back next year. Uh, you got to really be excited about uh, this upcoming season. Yeah, yeah, I really am excited. And we had Jesse Young, a freshman from Atlanta. She play, came in and played number one, which was you know unbelievable. And then we, uh, Polina Galapotova from Kazakhstan, was injured in the beginning of our season. So even we got up to six six in the country, uh, we didn't have her in our lineup, and she played number one the year before. So I mean, we were far from from really reaching our our top potential. It will be interesting to see, you know, with fifth years coming back, us not having any seniors. Does that help us? Does that hurt us? I, I think it's anybody's guess. I think sometimes people get a little senioritis and kind of fall off. Will that happen in other programs? Or will we be super young compared to other programs? It's anybody's guess. You have players that come from far-flung places. You've got them from the Ukraine, from Belgium, even Arkansas. Were you able to get everybody home okay? Yeah, the internationals are still here. They're still on campus. The the Belgium, the girl from Ukraine, and the girl from Kazakhstan are, are still here. They were really unable to fly home. Um, all three of them will be academic seniors next year. I think they were uh, just a little nervous if they can't come back to the States, you know, like they couldn't finish up their school back home and quality of life's better. I know we feel like here in America that we can't go anywhere. I think we got it pretty good still compared to maybe some other East European and other European countries. I think they kind of knew staying at least for a little while. Maybe they can go home in a couple months. So they're still here. But yeah, the Americans, they got home. And we, we talk every week. And I know they talk to each other all the time. They're really close. Coach, I, wanna, I want you to take a minute here because right now when you come on campus and you make that turn, whether you turn by the arena and you come past the arena or if you're coming the opposite direction, approaching the arena, Man, that, those outdoor tennis courts there with the, the Chattanooga tennis on the, uh, uh, on the walls, the, it's, it's gorgeous. I mean, it makes a – it really stands out when, you, um, when you're approaching. I, can you take a minute and just kind of talk a little bit? You can brag a little bit if you want about the upgrade to the facilities and, and kind of what has happened for you guys over the last couple of years because, again, I, I think it looks fantastic. Yeah, I'll brag for more than a minute. Yeah, it's it's a beautiful facility. Uh, you know, our athletic director Mark Warren got on the scene and, and he threw up a scoreboard. The courts were already you know done, and he's like he threw out a scoreboard, which we loved. You know, made it even better. So, uh, yeah, it's every time we have any matches here. I mean, uh, other teams are wowed. It's probably the hottest courts in America. Just all the reflection off the buildings. That's why I'm still red. I think is I, I, even though I'm not outside much and. Uh, so, yeah, it, it's beautiful recruiting. It's amazing. Right on campus, a lot of people walking by. So it's a, it's a really – it's a beautiful uh, place. We, we keep it up, keep uh, – we have good facilities. People are able to help us and stuff. So we're, we're really blessed. We got to hold or help kind of in conjunction with Champions Club have some junior tournaments and just parents are like wild at the place. So it's a beautiful place. Now, what's next for you guys in, in that regard? What would you like to see next? What's what's the need for the tennis program right now? You know, I think my answer would be different before the threat of the virus. Uh, and then now, um, I think to answer your question, just to maintain, I think we got great momentum. I don't think I need anything tangible. Uh, I'm, I'm very happy. I think we have a great athletic department, great people. I, I 
out of the eight players, five of them got a 4.0 this semester. I mean, I wish I don't have any needs. I know it's an odd answer to you, but I'm very happy. I'm in my going into my 11th year. Um, I have Chuck Mersbacher, our men's tennis coach. I, I couldn't be more thrilled to work with anybody else in the country than him. I mean, if you get a chance to talk to him, he's, he's outstanding. And we have probably more fun than two coaches should have uh, in, in college tennis. We just have a blast. Yeah, I wanted to ask you about your relationship with Chuck and kind of how that works. He coaches the men, you coach the women, kind of uh, how much interaction is there between you two? I'm, I'm assuming right now it's a lot, but uh, how much interaction is there with you guys? Uh, every day. I mean, it's like, hey, what's your thoughts on this? He asked me. I, I coached men for three and a half years uh, in, the, in addition to women. And then, of course, he coached women for 26 years, so he has an opinion. So, we kind of just bounce ideas. Hey, I got this recruiting video. You take a look at it, and you know. And so we're we're we root for each other. His guys come to our women's matches. My women go to his men's matches. We really are a, a tight community uh, in the tennis world. We all kind of know of each other. So, um, but we really cheer each other on. And um, but we 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 work together. And I think that's what makes both programs really good in a sense that we just having someone to run, bounce an idea, maybe vent a little bit about a practice or something goes a long way. You've, uh, you've coached both. Can, I'm always interested to hear from coaches at, at different sports about the difference between, in your case, coaching men's tennis versus coaching women's tennis. What's the biggest difference? Yeah, I think it could. The more I do this for a living, the more different it really is. Uh, yeah, I kind of got into coaching um, and I thought I loved the men's side, you know, I just like, and I just, I found out, I just love coaching the women's side. I, I, I have a blast. Um, I, I don't want to say which one's better. I think they're just better in different ways, but uh, the, the coach player relationship is a lot of fun. And, and I think that men or women, it doesn't matter. I like to see their joy when the team wins and they run out of the court. I think that just watching the ladies run out and jump all over each other when they get a good win, it's just, there's no better feeling, in my opinion. Uh, I think that I don't have the patience to coach on the men's side. I, 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 I get a little more upset, I think, when I was on the men's side than, than the women's. I have two daughters, so maybe that's why. But, um, but I enjoy watching our Chattanooga men's tennis play from a distance, and I, I, I like to cheer them on from there. So how have you spent your time during this pandemic, uh, pandemic and your time in quarantine? Well, I'm blessed that, that I have stuff to do. I mean, you mentioned the facility being, you know, there is upkeep that has to be done here. Um, I'm actually really big into competitive video games. I'm on a team and we have a tournament and matches and we practice every night. Uh, obviously, I have two children, so I, I we do a lot of stuff uh, with them. Um, but yeah, just getting in shape. It's kind of, for the first time in a long time, I'm not hitting balls. I'm not running. I'm not – so I've kind of enjoyed healing up. I'm getting older. My players stay the same age, but I'm getting older, so it's kind of nice to heal up a little bit. But I'm not a big reader, and I've been kind of reading a little bit. There's been this great online community of coaches, college coaches in the country, and we kind of get on a Zoom call about once a week, about 80 of us. Bounce ideas. You know, we, we fight each other. We recruit against each other. Now we're like best friends. Like, hey, what would you do over there? What's your thoughts on that? fundraising, like, you know, just kind of learning from one another. Actually, at 10 a.m., I had one this morning with, with a couple coaches I just met. So really just staying on the – because this is going to change everything. And some programs are either going to get better 
and some are going to drop. And what what are the benefits from all this? What what can we learn? What what can we grow from this? So. Okay, I've I've got to ask now about the esports uh, <laughs> and the uh, competitive video gaming. You're you're really the first person that I've met that uh, are into this. I actually have a friend who is a He's one of the commentators on, I guess it's FS1 or whoever it is that, or maybe it's ESPN that does the Madden uh, competitions. He's like the 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 play-by-play guy for it. And another friend of mine is is one of the sideline reporters for that uh, for that event. So this is something that's kind of relatively new to me, and it's relatively new to uh, to a lot of us, I think. How did you get into it? Yeah. I'm not sure I want to be the spokesperson of, of an eSports. I do play just on the Nintendo Switch. It's a game called Splatoon 2. I only really play one game. I'm either 100% into something or I'm zero. So I'm better off just to pick one game. But, I, I mean, you've seen um, – I don't know how much you follow, like, NCAA. They've tried to – some conferences have tried to make it a sport. And I know I think in the – I could be wrong here, so I, if I am, I apologize. But I feel like I heard in the Pac-12 they were going to do if, like, UCLA played Stanford in football, they also played against each other in Madden football or in different things. You're, you're seeing more traction there. For me, I'm competitive, and I, I kid you not, and I can show research, when I started playing competitive video games, my, my teams did better. And I think there's something about some people golf, some people fish. You know, some people would say, fishing's stupid. You're sitting out on a pond all day. Someone else would tell you how great it is. Some people tell you, golfing, you know, you're out on a course. And, like, but there's something about sitting in the air conditioning playing competitive video games. And, and it's very competitive. It's very cutthroat. you got to try out for teams. And there's money to be made. Uh, my team could fly to Japan, but I don't think that's something we really want to do. Um, but just it's kind of fun to be good at something other than tennis or whatever you're, you're into. So. so what's your one game? It's called Splatoon 2. It's basically a four-verse-four game, and we have headsets, and we communicate, and there's strategies and different objectives. And I am the oldest person on my team. You know, uh, I'm one of the older players, but uh, it's kind of nice just to be to be good at something and work at something as a team. And, and I practice probably four to five hours a day, um, and I, I'm very serious about it. i got a smile on my face, but I'm very serious about it when it's time. So, yeah. So now do you, I mean, look, you're around a lot of college athletes and, and I know from, uh, especially with some of the guys that uh, uh, are in that uh, arena on a regular basis, that is a, uh, uh, that's something that they, they take that stuff pretty seriously. So uh, is the secret out? Do you get challenged sometime? Maybe I know there's a couple of guys on the, on the basketball and football team that uh, claim to be, uh, pretty proficient at uh, some video games. Do you get uh, you get challenged any around the office? I, I got to admit, not too many people know Chris till now, so you might be the first person. I, I actually, like, I keep my name different. I don't want a recruit to Google me and find me playing video games. I think that would look, you know, I don't think parents would take me too serious. So I do let them know because, you know, people like, people want people that are normal and honest and sometimes deep in the recruiting process, I will be like, I got to tell you something that makes me kind of a dork. I play competitive video games and usually the players are like, Oh my goodness, what do you play? And I'm like, I pull up on the computer of footage of me playing and so far it's been working in my recruiting process, but I don't play a lot of games. So most people that do play video games, I usually don't, don't play that. So not a lot of trash talking yet. So there's uh, yeah. I mean, you talk about coaches trying to find a way to connect with a kid in the recruiting process. Coach, I think you, I think you've nailed it, man. 
or it backfires and they think I'm really a dork. So I, I don't know. It's going to be one or the other. I'm not, I'm not sure which one it is, but I do feel like uh, in all seriousness, we, we live in a day and age of, of social media and what things look to be like, but what they actually are. Right. And, and I actually, a struggle of mine of sometimes I'll be recruiting a player and they will come and they go, Oh, I didn't realize this is really what college tennis was because they see the Instagram clothes and the meals and the, it's like, yeah, but it is a lot of hard work. And, and I think that um, being honest with, with parents and, and people in the recruiting process and letting them know who I am. I'm a parent. And I always tell parents, like, daughters, and, and, and I want you to ask me anything you want to know about me, and I'll be as honest as I can be. Because uh, I have a young lady, you know, Jesse Young, who played number one for me. And, like, I mean, she came on a bunch of unofficials, and, you know, her parents came. They had a lot of questions, and I'm glad. They should have a lot of questions. Coach, appreciate the time. Uh, look, best of luck on the courts. I, I hope we get a chance to to do this again uh, before the uh, before the season starts. But uh, best of luck, and it's been fun. We'll talk soon. Yeah. Thank you very much. Thanks for your time. Well, appreciate all of these guys for being with us today. Thanks to uh, Coach Camper, Coach June, Coach Mersbacher for taking time out of their social distancing lives to spend some time with us here on Mox on the Mic. We hope you can join us again next time. For our producer, Tate Johnson, I'm Chris Goforth saying so long, everybody, and go Mox. Thanks for listening to Mox on the Mic. Please remember to rate, subscribe, and review. And we'll see you again soon.